Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Octavia Ramirez is the founder and CEO of Paper and Coin, a financial coaching company for millennials, and also a freelance copywriter. Two businesses she's built and cultivated from the ground up. The best part of her work is that it allows her the freedom and flexibility to travel a lot. She loves hopping on a plane with her husband, exploring a new corner of this planet, and recording their adventures along the way in their weekly podcast about that life. Well, thank you so much, Octavia, for joining the Brand Party podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. I'm curious to hear more about how does Brand Party resonate with you? Yeah, I think it's a really fun name, first of all. (laughs) Um, But it's also cool because I preach that like brand is like honestly one of the most important aspects to having any kind of business, whether you're a big corporation or a freelancer, you know, working from home. Um, or from coffee shops. (laughs) Yeah, I love that you kind of put this like fun spin on it. And also just the fact that like, we can kind of have like fun with talking about something that I think sometimes is taken too seriously. It is a serious thing, but doesn't mean we can't have fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so on the flip side of that, what would you say to people who feel overwhelmed by their branding and design challenges right now? Oh, okay. So (laughs) I think branding is definitely something that people tend to overthink things a lot. And I say this not that you should be passive or dismissive of it because it is so important. But I think that when you think about brand or design or your design identity for your business or yourself personally, like you really have to just tap into like who it is that you are, you know, like what are the things that you stand for? Um, What are the things and messages that you're trying to get across? And then just really like lean into that. I think that's like the probably the biggest um, question that I typically get when it comes to branding and how I've branded uh, my business as well as, you know, I guess myself to an extent. Mm -hmm. But I think like if you are having a challenge, the biggest challenge I've seen that people are struggling with is just like overthinking it. Every little color, every little picture. I just think like, what is it that you what what do you feel embodies like the things that you stand for and then lean into that without obviously like taking forever to do that (laughs) right yeah yeah. it's a very loaded question I feel like for people to define themselves in a way and it's like you need to understand that it's going to evolve with you as well and not just be one thing forever yeah exactly right like I mean for me I would say that generally I tend to be drawn to brands that are a little bit more understated, a little bit more minimalist, a little simpler. And that's just because that's currently where I'm at now. But if you knew me 10 years ago, I was definitely a lot more 
I would say boisterous, a little bit more out there, probably would be drawn to more bright colors and things like that versus now as, you know, an almost 32-year-old woman that, you know, I would say lived some life. <laughs> I'm like definitely more drawn to things like neutrals and calming effects, font, and even like messaging that is a little bit more calming and zen. And, and so that's just where I'm at now. But I mean, who knows what, what that'll look like in another 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Probably just end up being stark white or something. I don't know. <laughs> really extreme minimalist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Minimalism, we have nothing here. So. <laughs> I can't wait to be part of the journey. Oh, boy. <laughs> the definition of financial success has changed and evolved as well, and it can mean different things to everyone. So I love that paper and coin. You're de- redefining that term for work, wealth, and well-being and looking at it on a holistic scale. But the numbers can be really daunting when people are taking that leap in their work. So how can someone define what their version of financial success looks like? It's interesting because the financial world has a specific like way of measuring and defining that. But I think when you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer or just anyone really that's kind of looking to carve a unique path for yourself, (laughs) uh, that's like my fancy way of saying it, uh, doing whatever the heck you want to do. um, I think that that looks different for everyone. I always typically tell people is like, be willing to like, first and foremost, ask yourself the tough questions. What is it that I actually want to do in my life? And then let the numbers support that. So if you are an aspiring entrepreneur and you want to build a company, hire multiple people, build a global brand, well, then maybe that money that you were saving for your down payment on a home is going to be a lot more worthwhile to be the seed fund to start your business. So it's tough to kind of define like, what is financial success and what your numbers should look like. I truly believe there is no right answer. It's what's right for For you. you. I have a heart for like the entrepreneurial person or someone with an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I typically will say like venture, like try something, you know, use your money to like invest in something that you truly care about and see how that goes. Like, I don't want people to be afraid to use their money as a tool to achieve their dreams or at least aspire towards something that might not necessarily fit the mold of what we're typically told. That pressure feels like everywhere, but it's just sometimes just in our head. So mindset's such a big piece of that. And we get so intimidated by the numbers, whether it's how we price our worth for our goods and services. But do you think you have any rhyme or reason or tips for money mindset in particular? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to like entrepreneurs and getting hung up on things like pricing, I think that's typically where you need to kind of remove a lot of the emotion around your pricing, right? And this is so hard. And I, mm-hmm. I, I even get a little bit worried to even say this because it's not something that it's something I even struggle with, right? But you ultimately have to look at, okay, well, what are my operating costs? How much money does it cost me every month to keep the doors open? And maybe the doors for you is like rent. (laughs) You know, maybe that is the cost of your Adobe membership. Maybe that's the cost of you, you know, traveling to client meetings. Like how much is your operating expense for your business, whether you have employees or whether you're the only person in your company? And then you also want to look at like, okay, well, what is the margin that I need to be able to like invest and grow this operation? So you need to consider that as well. The other thing too is like value. (laughs) 
your time. Don't just price for like the actual project deliverable itself. Typically, that's what I see people really undercharging for. You've put your creative energy into this. You've put your ideation. You've put the time and energy that it takes to actually get to a certain idea and flesh that out. And really like value that energy that you've put in as well. And then consider all those things when you're building out your price point. And then when you do that, don't be apologetic about it. If a client is, you know, like, and maybe that's not in their budget at the time, be ready and willing to say thanks for, you know, thanks for letting me know. Like, definitely feel free to reach out should things change for you. You need to draw a line in the sand and then like stick to it. And creative and as entrepreneurs, it's so hard to do that and to be able to walk away and feel like it's okay, something else will come. Mm -hmm. But I truly, and I say this all the time, and I think you and I were at an event where I said this too, you need to stand up for what your price point is and really be confident in that because then your clients or potential clients, even if they don't buy from you now, they'll respect you for that. I truly believe that like the right clients will come to you and or they will understand why you're charging what you're charging and as long as you're delivering good work then for sure stand by that and don't be apologetic about it so there's definitely like a mindset piece which that starving artist or just that mentality of like oh but if I if I overcharge like I'll never get any business or like you know what I mean I just feel like ultimately don't even try not to be so emotional about it like look at what are the costs how much do you need to actually grow the business as well as meet your operating expenses and other obligations and then also value like put a price tag around the energy and time that you're putting into it and then put that together and there's your price point and it's a very unemotional way of doing things however (laughs) even saying that I'm like It's not easy. It's not easy. It's a lot of work and it's a lot. It's really hard to do that. But I promise you, like as you exercise that muscle, Mm -hmm. it starts to get easier every time. Absolutely. Yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) When is it time to open a separate bank account or even what type of an account would you recommend to people to stay organized? The best time to open another bank account for your business is right at the beginning. (laughs) If not then, then yesterday whatever is the (laughs) soonest time for you typically if you are someone that's looking to start your own business i like i said i would say first and foremost make sure you have all the licensing in place to be able to do that business and then the next thing you do once you have those like license and registrations within your whether it's the province or a state you need that to open a business bank account and so you need to make sure that it's designated as a business bank account whether you're a company or a freelancer and what i also say is just be like very diligent about not flip-flopping between your personal account and your business account. You need to have an account for like all the money coming into your business as well as all the money coming out. That includes whatever you're paying yourself. So if you're a freelancer, for example, I would say bill all your clients or invoice your clients to be paid into your business checking account checking account by the way I did not say credit card which we can get into that if you want (laughs) Uh, bill all your clients to your business account and then when you're going to pay yourself pay yourself like just literally e-transfer or whatever you want to do transfer what you're going to pay yourself out of that into your personal account just I would highly highly recommend you don't mix the two always have a business and a personal separate When it's dreaded tax season, whether you're filing quarterly or annually, depending on your business, what are the top three things you'd recommend to survive tax season? 
Oh my gosh, top three things. <laughs> I need to say this to myself because <laughs> listen, whether you're like a financial expert or not, tax season isn't like nobody likes it. But I would say first and foremost, <laughs> it's funny because in order to survive tax season, you need to have prepared for tax season well in advance. But that's also, let's be honest, it's like very few people, excluding myself that do that. I think you need to definitely make sure that you're tracking all of your expenses using some sort of software. FreshBooks is an, is an option for a lot of freelancers as well as uh, Wave Accounting here in Canada. Having some sort of software or even QuickBooks to track all your incoming uh, invoices and, and any other money that's coming in and then also any outgoing and you can actually connect that to your debit card. And so having that kind of as a reference point uh, with all the receipts that you're also collecting that's also point number two, by the way, is that you should be uh, collecting and saving all of your uh, proof of your of your expenses. And so it's not enough to actually have like your debit card transaction record. You need to have that as a cross-reference with your actual receipt and proof of purchase. So the other reason that's really important is that your sales tax is on those receipts. And so you can actually deduct the sales tax that, of the things that you've purchased against the sales tax that you've charged your client. For example, if you're in Ontario, Canada, that's the HST tax. So if I charged my clients my 13% HST tax, the HST that I paid for purchases or any invoices that or freelancers that I engaged with, I can then basically offshoot those two and so they'll cancel each other out hopefully. And so the more you can do that and prove your purchases, then the more you can actually write off when it comes to tax time. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the last thing is honestly work with an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like I think the bigger your business grows, the busier you get, you as a business owner are meant to drive the business forward. And so having your head stuck in a bunch of receipts and paperwork and all of that and trying to do your taxes yourself, though might be the economical way of going about things, I truly think it's a waste of time for you. And so I would say budget what you need to budget to work with a professional accountant because they can kind of help you navigate all the different write-offs and credits and things like that that you might have overlooked. And also it saves you time and energy that you can then go and focus on your own business. And then I'll obviously working on deliverables, getting new clients, whatever your business is. But I would honestly highly, highly recommend doing that because otherwise you're going to get so overwhelmed. You're going to probably end up paying more in taxes than you could, that you should have. And so just like leave it to the professionals, but keep your own records organized so that it makes that transition to your accountant a lot easier. So number one, make sure you're tracking everything using a software. Number two, also make sure that you have the proof of purchase of what you're tracking. And number three, work with a professional. I think that's a good rule of thumb for everything for sure, but definitely mm -hmm. a great investment to have. Are there certain things that you would recommend to DIY versus hiring an accountant for specifically? Honestly, the only thing I recommend you DIY when it comes to your taxes is just that organizational component, because obviously the more disorganized your systems and processes are, the more work it's going to be for the accountant, the more they're going to charge you. <laughs> so I'd say like in terms of DIY, like this is very probably like archaic for people, but I get one of those accordion folders from like Staples or the dollar store for like however five bucks. 
And I just literally like organized my receipts into the accordance folder according to the month. And I try to do that throughout the year so that I'm not scrambling at tax time. And so that I guess is a DIY solution. There's also more high tech solutions where you can like scan the receipt and then it gets uploaded to your FreshBooks or your QuickBooks or whatever software you're using. So there's definitely those options as well. But I typically recommend that when it comes to taxes, it's like just keep it organized and hand it off because the more you DIY, the more you're going to stress yourself out and probably mess things up. Let's be honest. (laughs) Just make it easier for yourself. Yeah, totally. Like that's the other thing I tell people when it comes to like, whether that's your business or your personal finances is I honestly highly believe in like simplifying not just your life, but also your finances. Typically what I tell people, let's say if they're married, for example, is just have one joint checking account. That's a bit of a controversial opinion, but I just believe like if you're married or if you're common law, you're in a serious relationship, you know? And so if you don't trust the person to be able to share a checking account, then why are you sharing a bed with them? <laughs> and so, and the other thing, like the, that's more of a philosophical reason, but the practical reason is like, honestly, why are you trying to mess with five different checking accounts? Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. If you're an entrepreneur, you need a business account and a personal account and that's it. And then obviously some savings accounts, which, you know, we won't get into today, but I just think like the more you can simplify the processes in your life, whether that's your personal finances or your business and your operations, the better off you'll be and the less brain space it'll take so that you can actually operate in a creative way and like actually innovate within your business. With paper and coin, it's such a holistic approach to finances also. And no matter how much people are making right now or what they're projecting to hit for their stretch goals, what are your top tips on being able to save and have that buffer room as a freelancer or entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, hands down, you need to have an emergency fund. You need to have three to six months of your personal expenses. And then if you want to be even loftier, I would say you also need to have at least three months of like your operating expenses as a business. This is a bit of a shocker for people because typically people will use like their credit cards or some sort of line of credit as a means of an emergency fund. But I typically operate under like a no debt policy. So I don't endorse or personally have any debt product. So I don't even own a credit card. We have no lines of credit. My we, my husband and I, and the business that I run is also operated entirely out of cash flow. So the way that I'm able to kind of offset some of the risk that comes with that is by having personal and business basically retained earnings. So basically I'm retaining some of my earnings for a rainy day. So that's definitely one thing. I would also say try to be as lean as possible and grow at the pace of cash. Part of being lean is that by using cash to grow your business, meaning that whatever revenue you get, you reinvest into your business based on your revenue, right? Like you're not taking any debt, you're not taking a loan, and you're growing slowly but sustainably. So that's what I would say is another option or another tip is don't try to overextend yourself to try to like scale your business, let the business scale itself through its own revenue. Third is just like, make sure that you are reinvesting back in your business, right? Like I think that's another problem that a lot of people have is that typically they use their business as their sole means of personal provision, which is great that you can do that. However, I like to really encourage entrepreneurs, if you can take a bit of like a pay cut, 
and like scale down your personal lifestyle so that you can then continue to reinvest a portion of your money back or your revenue back into the business. That way you're propelling the ship forward. You're taking some of the revenue and you're beginning to like reinvest in your business, which will then increase your own personal income, which you can then also, you know what I mean? Like it's just like a, it's like a snowball effect. And so I typically like to tell people is don't pull resources out of your business unless you absolutely have to. Use it to continually be reinvesting, continually be growing and seeing it move forward at like a scale that's at a steady pace and sustainable for you. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great thing to hit the nail on about sustainability and going at it at a realistic pace for yourself and where you see it going and not just like burning the midnight oil. Oh, for sure. And like, Obviously, like Instagram is like the biggest perpetrator of that. You look at other people and how, oh my gosh, they're like hiring so many people and like they have this new office. One thing about paper and coin is that we don't have an office. Okay. And I'm constantly for fun. I'm like looking at office spaces online, wishing that one day we could have an office. But the funny thing is, it's like we primarily all work remotely. And even the idea of like making my team members come to an office every day, like makes me feel like, oh, that's kind of stupid. And like commercial real estate is so expensive now. And I'm like, I could hire so many more people by just not having an office. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you really have to kind of weigh like what is important to your business and what is going to bring your bottom line up. And maybe having an office is going to help you based on what your business is. And I know that that's something that I kind of like lust for. (laughs) It's definitely something that we want. But like when I actually weigh the way what it's going to not only financially cost me, but also cost me in terms of opportunity. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel worth it, you know? And I grow not just sustainably, but also in a way that makes most sense for my business. We have to really keep blinders on our eyes and really keep focused. Okay, what is the ultimate goal? What am I trying to achieve? What is this brand trying to achieve? And really not comparing what another business is doing and then comparing yourself and then trying to like overstretch yourself to reach certain milestones that you think you should have as a business owner. You know what I mean? Like we're just all about like challenging those perceptions or preconceptions yeah. about quote personal financial success and also business success. Give yourself that permission, that pat on the back, doing a great job just the way you are. And so I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. What are you currently celebrating? Oh, wow. Okay, this is not a business-related thing, but it's uh, something that, and I probably should answer this quickly. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm celebrating 20 20 years of friendship with my three best friends. Um, Yeah, you know, we're actually, we're traveling to the UK uh, as a celebration for our anniversary. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you know, it's just, we're celebrating because it's so rare to have these long, lifelong relationships. And, you know, we're still all so close. And how that relates to like what I do for my brand is like, I very much endorse active rest in your life. And so for me, I put my money where my mouth is. And like, I'm actually spending money to celebrate this personal milestone in my life where I'm going to hopefully not work. (laughs) And when I just enjoy, you know, my three best friends and the four of us are going to 
be gallivanting through the streets of London and through Scotland and and yeah, that's what I'm celebrating is 20 years of friendship. Oh, I love that. Congrats on your big milestone. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> your travels. You. Yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Vicariously. And what's the number one thing <laughs> that you want people to have fun with from this episode? I think just like honestly have fun with your business. It is definitely a very hard thing to do to be an entrepreneur or to be a creative. And like I said, we tend to overthink a lot of things. But at the end of the day, like have fun with your brand, have fun with the message that you're trying to spread, have fun with the work that you do. As a small business owner, you have the opportunity to create something out of nothing. And that's really exciting. And a lot of people don't have that opportunity, or they're too scared to chase it. So if you're someone that has dove in head first, like have fun with it, enjoy it and like really live in the moment of that. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join in on the fun for the Brand Party Podcast. Octavia, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, no, this is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find all things paper and coin probably best on Instagram. So let's be honest. Our handle is at paper and coin. Uh, so three words, paper and coin. And yeah, and that's primarily you'll see things from me there personally as well. I post Founder Friday posts every week. And then you also get to see some of our team and some of the work we do. So yeah, check us out on Instagram. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. Did you have fun? Share it with all your friends with the screenshot of this episode. The more, the merrier. Tag at Brand Party Podcast and hashtag Brand Party Podcast on Instagram to continue this after party. Thank you.